And we're still talking about revolution. Where we discuss how men can understand and embrace a healthier masculinity. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. I remember one Sunday afternoon when my love for golf was at its highest. Tiger was playing and in the lead at the 2008 U.S. Open. So anyone who loved the game at that time most likely was sitting with a cold one, waiting for one of his miraculous shots to fall. However... What Tiger showed us that day was not just his enormous skill on the golf course, it was also his fortitude to win in spite of whatever adversity arose. Prior to the tournament, he had had little practice and was hampered by a knee injury that grew more painful as the tournament progressed. But there he was going shot for shot with his adversary. Tiger did not win his 14th major on that Sunday. He would need another 18 holes and sudden death to win the next day. But in those moments of grimace and pain, we saw the mental toughness needed to push on when faced with unsurmountable odds. There have been more times than not I have been placed in difficult situations where if I had had the mental fortitude to restrain my emotions and to think clearly, the outcome might have been different. How many of you listening today have had situations on the job, on an airplane, in the grocery store, where you lost your cool? For the men of color who are listening, too often we don't get a chance to come back from those situations when we make a mistake. In this era where our values and beliefs are tested and the experiences of racism and discrimination abound, it will be our ability to stand tall and graceful and to be steadfast that will help us to continue to lead. Today on What's Your Revolution, I am joined by trainer to the stars, Monte Sanders of MBS Fitness Labs in Baltimore, Maryland, and fellow Kellogg fellow, that's funny, <laughs> Larry Irvin, co-founder of one of New Orleans' fastest growing organizations, Brothers in Power to Teach, man. Brothers, thank you for being on the show today. How y'all doing? Doing good. Thank Man, you for having us. to be here. Man, I, I, I definitely appreciate it. You know, I got two superstars on the line. Uh, you know, one on the line who's calling from Baltimore and uh, Brother Irvin. Man, I got some superstars on the show today, man. So let's, let's, let's talk about what I ask every one of my guests. The first question and, and really the mantra that I live by every day. Monty, what's your revolution? American people across the world, uh, what they live by. I, I, I think totally different. First of all, a lot of people don't even know who they are. Uh, they don't understand that they're a spirit being, they have a mind, and they have a soul. In my, in my profession, I train professional athletes and everyday man and woman to help get in physical shape. And a lot of them, when they first come to me, they think that they're just a body. I want to lose weight, or I want to get the six-pack abs. Not even 
is a mind, body, and spirit thing. So my revolution is to get people to stop spinning our young brothers, the first 20, 30, 40 years of their life, trading their health, trying to get their wealth, only to trade it back their last 20, 30 years. So we say our health is our wealth. Um, got to go in one ear and out the other. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, in my opinion, the true enemy of our destiny is bad health. Right. So that's my revolution. To me, you can get past a bad relationship. You got a job, maybe you can get get another job. Uh, you can get past things, but you can't get past your health. Wow. And there's so many benefits of it, even as it relates to the mental mental capacity. So for me, brother, my revolution is getting people to change how they think. And even when it comes to working out, to change how they think. Let them understand that it's a mind, body, and spirit. I got you, brother. I appreciate that. Larry, Larry Irvin, what's the revolution? Yeah, uh, somewhat. I guess somewhat piggybacking off of what, the, what the brother alluded to. Uh, you know, those who, who, who've been around me the last two and a half, three years um, understand that I'm, I'm going through a, a very serious and fast-paced uh, transition and transformation, if you will. So right now my revolution is, is, is transformation, That's and that's um, – all three combined, mind, body, and soul, as the brother alluded to. Um, you can't really do one without the other. I, I was having a conversation just yesterday about uh, with somebody about um, uh, finally having, having you know, uh, for a while I grappled with the concept of, you know, uh, mind over matter and the body and the, 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 the mental state um, and the physical state being a manifestation of the, of the mental state of an individual. And I think I've, I've had that moment of clarity. I finally crossed that bridge and understanding uh, kind of the relationship t uh, between the two. You know, I've lost over uh, about 110, 115 pounds in the last three years. So um, in a lot of ways, that's given me some internal confidence. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you see those, when you have, you get, when you see external results, if you will, manifest it, um, in turn, it can turn into internal uh, things coming to, uh, come to fruition and uh, just seeing deep, deep change, um, not only on the surface but internally, and feeling that change as I wake up every day. I wake up different. Uh, my mind is different. I feel incredible. I feel uh, all things are possible. Uh, genuinely, I genuinely feel like that. Uh, waking up every day, and I think that's all part of that. This transformational, you know, a body transformational uh, path or road that I've been on, man. So that, that's my revolution right now. Congratulate you on that, Larry. Because even with you losing those pounds, a lot of people when they come to me, they're like, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Monty, it is interesting because uh, on last week's show, I had uh, Bishop Love, uh, one of the pastors here, a uh, great pastor. And what he talked about was his, was his ritual, his five pillars. And it's interesting that you continually, both of you, talk about your mindset. And he says to prepare for the day, it actually starts the night before how he prepares his mind, how he goes to bed, how he sets his room up, how he has to have quiet, that it's pitch black, so that he can have that space for his mind to unwind, to let down, so he can then get up again in quiet, so that he can have his practice, that he can have his time with the Lord, his time with his, his spirit, so he can then go about his day. So it's interesting that you both talk about that mindset and how you start with any process, it is the belief that you can do that. 
It is, it is that belief. I'm going to the gym. And, and, and Monte, I've been a, a triathlete for a number of years, man. And um, you know how tough it is to <laughs> run a triathlon. And it was very interesting a couple years ago where I almost drowned. Uh, and I had to actually find the power from someone else to continue on in that race. Um, the wind changed uh, in the lake that day, and my goggles got kicked off by my partner, and I found myself flailing. And if it wasn't for this young kid in the kayak, and I wrote a, I wrote a piece about it, you know, uh, where are all the kayaks, is that he's the one that gave me that power that day. He said, you have to believe that you can go on. I know that you're flailing. I know that you've taken in a lot of water, but look at the shore and look at where you are. And many times we don't understand that because we think that the shore is so far away that we can't get there. And he kept saying to me, look at the shore and look at where you are. I was only about 150 yards away from the shore, but in my mind, I was so far away. Right. And once I realized that I was closer to the shore than I thought, I let go of the boat and swam. Now, don't, when I got out, I was, I was like, oh, my God, help me, help me. But I got on the bike, took three minutes off my personal best, man, and kept, on, kept it moving. But you're right. It's, it's, that, it's that mindset that keeps us going, man. So it's, it's a mindset, definitely. I think it's and part of that. I think we all have our, our antidotes um, to kind of make reference to that situation. But just, I think, just relinquishing fear. Um, approaching things with a fearless, with a relentless, uh, fearless attitude, um, and removing those mental, those mental constraints, man. Um, you know, tying it back, I guess, tying it back to the the, the, the physical regimen and, and, and working out on things. I was uh, once again having this, this conversation as recent as this week, and uh, I was explaining to somebody about a particular trainer that I was working with, Italian guy named Joe at uh, New Orleans Athletic Center, and he uh, he saw that I was struggling mentally to you know uh, to push myself initially when we first started working out, and he. He started, you know, playing mental games with me. He would put, he would load the bench press up. He might put 315 on it, you know. And I'm telling him I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not in my college days. I, you know, I haven't lifted in a while, and you know, I can only probably get about 250, 275. And then, you know, he would make me. He, he would make me close my eyes, like literally close my eyes, load the rack up, and then we would rep out. And then he'll, he'll, well, I'll put it back up, eyes closed, and he'll be like, you know what that is, Larry? And I'm like, I, I don't know. What, what, it felt like, you know, 275 or whatever. 315, and I'm just, I think that's just a testament to, you know, let, letting go, being fearless and, and approaching those things because we really, we really, uh, a lot of times under, undervalue or underestimate um, what's possible when we, when we, when we kind of trapped in fear and, uh, and approaching things from a, from a, from a reticent uh, space. Right. So, brother, since our show today is about mental toughness, uh, I want my audience to know a little bit more about your story. So tell them something about yourselves. Tell them something about the challenges that you may have faced in your life that you, don't tell them how you overcame it, but I want to know about a challenge that you've had to face in your life that was, that really was daunting for you. Go ahead, Monty. Well, you, you, you can go there. You want me to go? It don't, it don't matter. I can go. You can go. Uh, I just finished speaking. That's why I, I do. I, go ahead, Monty. You got it. You got it. Okay. What, what was something that was daunting for you that you had to overcome?
degree, kind of popular and known in the city of Charlotte. I mean, I'm going to a grocery store, and I'm watching the people behind me making sure it's wow. somebody that I know because I'm just in food stamps. And so uh, I've, I've been through that, and that's, that's the foundation that started it all for me, that pain. So when brother's going through pain at 18, 20, 25, 30, even older, once you realize how to turn that pain into something that's beneficial for you, then you can make it. I always say pain is the seed for change. The deeper the pain is, the change. Man. <laughs> that's tweetable. <laughs> that's tweetable right there, man. Go ahead, Larry, man. What what is something that you've had to overcome? Um, I think the biggest thing that stands out for me, um, you know, up to this juncture for me is, is just this this constant grapple with uh with identity, uh, and who, who who I'm supposed to be and who I am. You know, I've been a, I've been a big black brother for a while for a long time now, playing ball. So there's there's some you know uh, I got some preconceived notions that come with that. But just kind of grappling these two narratives between being uh, uh, being a son of a mother, um, being academically inclined, um, having some success academically and education-wise, athletically, but also balancing this narrative of or this experience of, uh, for lack of better description, uh, trying to be street or being street, and um, that's been my biggest my biggest. That's my story. That's my backstory. Just trying to that trying to balance that dichotomy and figure that out. Um, and finally making a decision and crossing that bridge to picking one because I think a lot of brothers get caught up in trying to balance both. Um, my story isn't unique, but I think I've been uniquely positioned to tell it. And because uh, I've seen it myself uh, with my friends, cousins, you know, guys who go to school, or just trying to do the right thing. It's not, it may not just be school, but trying to do the right thing, but constantly being pulled uh, from a different type of energy, which is which is uh, which is substantial. It's a, it's a it's a very strong energy. Um, and, and you know, growing up in this city, growing up in New Orleans, it, it's uh, very, very, very accessible. That lifestyle, uh, the criminal element is, is, is ubiquitous, um, and it's almost part of, from my vantage point, it's part of the culture uh, of being a black man. It's almost a uh, rite of passage, if you will, to kind of have to uh, show that side. And um, you know, that that's been my story. I've had some downfalls and some pitfalls from that, making those decisions, um, running with you know who I ran with, my cousins, friends, and, and things of that nature. But uh, just that that constant challenge of showing up in different spaces and asking myself, who am I, who am I supposed to be today, um, has been tough. You're listening to WBOK. This is the What's Your Revolution show. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Corporu. I'm talking to Monty Sanders of MBS Fitness Labs in Baltimore, Maryland, and my good friend, Larry Irvin, uh, co-founder of Brothers Empowered to Teach. And we're talking about mental health today. It's interesting, these brothers have talked about their story. Monty's talked about... You know, after high school, being in that position, you know, he didn't think he was going to be here. Food stamps. You know, looking behind and say, you know what, do you know who I am? And, and worrying. Larry's talking about, you know, that identity of being a black man and what it's supposed to be like. So it's interesting because I asked this question to you. How, how does being a black man, you know, work to be a barrier for us? So you talked about that role, Monty, when you were looking behind you and seeing if your friends are seeing, seeing your people, you know, if they were seeing you. How did being a black man provide that barrier for you at that period of time? Well, being a black man is, is, is tough. You know, I don't want any of the young guys listening or any men listening to think that being a black man, and even if you become successful, essentially, that it was easy. It's tough. 
I mean, even when I got the corporate job, it's tough being a black man in the corporate America as well. Um, but the stereotypes and the things that we have to come, overcome, like being tough and men never cry and all, all those stereotypes and barriers that come with the black man, it's tough to overcome. And some of them are a facade. Some of them are, have been taught to us since we were kids, and it's just not true. Black men do cry. There are some benefits of letting go. There are black men that are not head of the household. There are black men that are not rich. They, I mean, it's, it's tough. So going back to what Mary said with the identity of yourself, you have to look at yourself and you have to, what I did was I went to God. You know, that's, I, I, was, I was all out. I didn't have no one to turn to. My story isn't, oh, you know what? I decided to go to church. No, that was all I had. That was what my parents instilled in me. And I cried out to God and said, God, show me my purpose. Show me what I'm supposed to be here for, my identity. Who am I? And a revelation came to me. It said, look at your hands. And as I looked at my hands, it just came to me like there's no one on this earth out of 7 billion people have the same finger, same fingerprint that I have. That means that God put each and every last one of us here to do something different. Even if you're a school teacher, even if you're a basketball player, even if you're a trainer, it doesn't matter if you give someone else the same regimen to give another group of people, there's no one else could do it the way that you can. So for me, overcoming those barriers started in the Word with me when I was at my bottom. And the more I read, because, you know, they say we don't like to read. <laughs> Want to strengthen your mind? Go read this book. But what if you were growing up and you're a black man and you don't like to read right. three, four hundred pages? We started listening to tape. Right. That, that was easier for us. And the more I learned about what God said I am and who God said I was, then mankind has no over my and that's the, that goes back to that mindset. So it's interesting, Larry, I'm going to come to you in one second, because this takes us back to last week with, with Bishop Love, you know, and, and understanding those five pillars and that, that your spirit and that your relationship with your spirituality is, is key. For you, is what you're saying, Monte, is that to be mentally tough, you've got to fall down on your knees. Is that what you're saying? Even the word said, if you're going to worship God, you got to worship him in spirit and truth. Like, if you don't know who you are, brother, these are just earth suits. The brothers that's listening to us, your body, these are just earth suits. They all have an expiration date on Absolutely. We're, we're spiritual beings. We have to speak to our identity, our real identity, which is our God part of us. It's our spirit being. We live in a body. So I went to the manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> and that was 17 years ago. I haven't returned. Monty, I'm going to stay with you, Larry. Hold on for one second. I just want to unpack this a little bit more because, Monty, we don't talk about it, and we didn't get a chance last week so to talk about this with Bishop Love and, and Prince Lyle Henderson, but why are we as men afraid to talk about our spirituality and our reverence for the Lord? And we don't talk about going to church. You know, we, when we had this conversation last week, the bishop said that 80% of his flock is women. 
But here you are on my radio show confessing how your spirituality and, and your walk with God has been your rock, has been your way out. Why is it that we as men won't talk about that more often? Because we as men think that we have to be perfect before we go to God. It's like someone saying, you know what, I'm going to start going to church, but I need to go ahead and get right, then I'm coming to church. Or you want to get with a trainer. You know what, I'm going to come to your fitness camp, but I need to get in shape first. And I'm like, you don't take a new suit to the cleaners, or you don't take a brand new car to the car wash. You come as you are. And that's the goodness of God. You come as you are on the street, dealing with drugs, not doing the right thing, drinking, smoking, whatever it is you're doing. You know, in, in the word prostituting that women did in the Bible, God accepted them all. And once you walk into his grace and see that he loved you in spite of you, and the more time you spend, then the less time you'll want to do drinking, the less time you'll want to do smoke, less time you'll want to do doing the wrong thing. And you, his goodness will overtake you. And, and, and we as brothers, we think that we got to be perfect before we come to God. No, go to him as you are and let him do the work. And I think that's what you've been saying, Larry, all along with your walk. You had to realize that I needed to start my journey wherever I am. Right. Can you speak to that a little bit for me, bro? Yeah, I think it's just, just kind of, you know, um, everybody's path is a little different, you know, um, I'm definitely grounded in spirituality. I don't want, I don't want to make that the, the, the sentiment being shared, but I think everybody's path, path is a little different. Um, for me, I guess, coming from an athletic background, that was a, that was a safe haven, a safe space for me. But I think it was just uh, me becoming more aware of my situation. Um, and, you know, knowledge itself is, is kind of always the key and just um, doing more reading and doing more, uh, as, I, as, I, as I got to the arena that I was working in, and just becoming more conscious of, of uh, who I am, who we are as a people. Um, I think there's strength in that. And uh, latching on to something, the gym was my was my was my safe haven. It became my safe haven. Became uh, my ritual, um, and I was able to latch on to something. I just needed something to attach on to, at that point. Um, anything to to say that I was a part of something bigger than me, um, because I felt like I was in a free fall at that juncture. And uh, you know, the Kello Fellowship was part of that, uh, and you know, that it kind of started at the same time at the same juncture. Kello Fellowship with me working out, um, me being able to latch on to something and, and be a part of something that's bigger than me. Um, mm -hmm. a la fellowship or spirituality or you know um, I, I feel like the body the body process is, is, is a process that's bigger than you because you, you, you have to be patient you have to wait for, for manifestation um, so oh, things yeah. like things of that nature um, I feel like are, real, are a real big help to understanding um, just having awareness of your space and where you are and, um, and, ha and having initiative so, brothers, as, as we talk about this, and I appreciate the candor, the vulnerability that you all are bringing to the table here with our conversation. So for the brothers and sisters who are out there, who, whoever's listening, let, let's talk about what does mental toughness compose? What, if we, you had to give a list of things that comprise mental toughness, what would be on that list? Well, I think you've got to have balance in all aspects of your being. Um, when you talk about mental toughness, because if you got balance, meaning, for an example, if you're strengthening your mind by reading and you're taking care of your body by exercising and you're spending some time or your relationship with God, you got balance, not perfection. You got balance. So when a situation comes, when mental, mental toughness has to take in, you talked about tiger, how you dealing with stress. 
if you balance, you can make a better decision like that. Um, if you balance with what you allowing to come in your, what I call them, your gates, through your eyes and your ears. If I'm watching TV all day and I'm watching politics all day, I'm probably going to post about politics. So you got to be careful and you'll be around the house wondering why you mad or somebody just speaks to you and you're like, well, why are they speaking to me? Uh, you just upset with the world because of what you watch. If you on Facebook and Twitter all day, that's going to be hard for you to have any type of mental toughness when it comes down for you to make a decision, to, to have a healthy state of mind. So for me, it's all about balance. Like with Larry, balance with the gym, balance with my mind, like Bishop Love, turn off everything in the morning, let me just meditate. Okay, you know what? That's enough t uh, TV. I mean, are you watching Maury all day? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We have no idea that that has an effect, effect on our, our mental toughness. Right. And it's going to be time to make that decision when it's time to socialize in the world. All this under mental, mental health. Is, so you got to have some balance there. You haven't been listening to a song on the radio. I mean, it could be a silly song. Then the song goes off, yeah, and then time has passed by, and here you are singing it. Like, I can't believe I'm singing this song because it's inside of you. So there, to, to have mental toughness, you got to have some balance. you got to say, you know what, okay, it's enough of the gangster rap today. I had these good <laughs> two, three songs. Let me move on to something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, brother. I feel you. You're tuned in to What's the Revolution on WBOK 1230 AM. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Corpru, having a good conversation about mental toughness uh, with Monty Sanders of MBS Fitness Labs in Baltimore, Maryland, and Larry Irvin, Larry Irvin co-founder of Brothers Empowered to Teach. And we're talking about right now, what's on your list? What are the characteristics of mental toughness? And Monty just said balance. Larry, what you got in this conversation, brother? What's on your list? To be mentally tough, you have to be what? I think you have to be a little, um, in, in certain regards, I don't want people to take this, this, this sentiment or notion the wrong way. I think you have to be a little bit apathetic. Um, and, and apathetic in the regards of what people are saying around you. Um, and that's family, friends, the closest ones. So at a certain point, you have to shut it all out. And have and, and approach whatever your endeavor or goals are. Approach it with a uh, almost with a blind, uh, with a blind passion, with an un unconditional passion, an unconditional love, almost an, an obsession, if you will. Um, and this is I'm speaking from my vantage point. This is this is this was the change for me. I really just shut the white noise out. All everything that was going on around me, opinions, perspectives, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what people were saying, what I thought people were saying. I, I shut it all out and I really just crossed this bridge. Of, you know, I really don't care. Um, it's, it's about Larry today. Um, you know, it may sound, it may come off as being selfish to some people um, or being arrogant, but I think you have to be a little bit selfish in some regards um, because it, it, you, you waste, I, we, I think we waste a lot of energy on the, on the ancillary noise that, that goes on around us. Um, and I think if people can shut that off more often, um, one, it's, it's time consuming. It's very, it's very much so energy consuming, um, and you can hone in, you can hone your energy in on what needs to be done. Um, and it really was that simple for me. I, I, I just crossed the bridge where I just didn't care about what people thought or said about me, and uh, it was all about Larry. Larry, I definitely understand that. It was interesting that you said in that piece that ability to say, you know what, I don't care, and. 
to be able to clear out that white noise for me on this list is the ability to be alone. And I talk about this extensively on the show. I'm an only child and I'm an extrovert. So I love people. I love to be around people. I love to hug. I love to touch. I just love people. And so I would find myself in these times where I was alone, like, oh, my God, I need to be out. I need to be in the mix. I need to be with people because I need that energy. But when I started to be able to sit in my house and, and read on a Friday night and be myself and enjoy that time in my house with uh, my loved ones and my animal, uh, you know, that's when I really got to that point where I understood that this is, this is a part of my mental toughness. Well, I didn't need to be in the mix. I didn't need to be seen. I didn't need to be on the scene. I could just be Charles Corporate. And being content with that. And being content with that. And I think that is one of the characteristics because we are now a society that wants to be on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter. We want to be seen. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm a part of that. We're going to tweet all of this. <laughs> we're going to tweet all of this, you know, once it's over. But I also have to realize that a part of that mental toughness is if I don't get any likes, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that, 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 it's okay. I can't be like, oh my God, why don't I have, why, why don't I have so many likes today? It's okay. And, and that's the part I think, Monty, Monty, you have set the tone when it comes to our mindset. Mental toughness. And that way, we're not talking about physical toughness. We're talking about mental toughness. And it's, it's interesting. What are those situations that we face as men that challenge us? where we have to be mentally tough. Have, have there been situations recently that you have been challenged where you had to be mentally tough? I think, I think as, as men, and especially as black men, we're, we're always challenged with that mental toughness. And I, I, I have to be honest with you, we're just keeping it real today. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all I expect, brother. I, I failed a lot of times. I failed a lot of times with the mental toughness test. Um, the college life, being around your friends, your fraternity brothers, your, your relatives, your cousins. Some of them live a certain type of way. Some of them do certain things, and you was a part of that program, too. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to go out. We're going to party and do those things. And so in your mind, along your process, along your journey, you may say, you know what? I don't need to be doing this. I, I do have a workout in the morning, or I do have to go to work in the morning. And you fail at times. But then when you get to a point where you realize it's only you versus you, and when you really need something, that you, people won't be there for you, and if you haven't got to that point, just keep living, you'll, you'll find out that most of the people that you run with, if you really need them, they won't be there for you. I failed a lot of times, but the more I became more balanced, the more time I spent with my mind, body, and spirit, it, those decisions became easier, and I found my peace. You talked about your alone time. I kind of listened to that, and I said, wow, he found his peace. Yes. And as a black man, when you go through hell your whole life, okay, you know you need to be making some money. You know you need a job. Okay, you need to be doing this. You need to dress a certain type of way. All that's is stress. <laughs> man, is it? Is it? Tell it. <laughs> stress. Three, 30, 40 years old, and you mess around and find some peace? You fall in love with <laughs> Monty, you're not lying, man. The most peaceful times that I've had have been in the last couple of weeks. 
you know, the la- the last couple of weeks when I have been able to be on that couch and I, I started reading Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me. And I said, you know, I'm going to stay home and read. And it's New Orleans. It's New Orleans. It's right. Mardi Gras. I can call anyone and let's roll. But I was like, wow, this is peaceful. And you, you, you fall in love with that peace and quiet of the evening. And I was like, this is, I'm happy. And then you get to a point where you realize you create your peace. Right. 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 Or, or hell, whichever one, right. or stress, whichever one you decide. But once you touch peace, wow, it's hard to go back to that type of life. Oh. Like, okay, got to go in the club. Okay, it's a line to get in there. Okay, drinks $20. Okay, it's, when we come out, are we going to get in a fight today? I, I, did I step on somebody's? Man, that's too much stress for me. Man, you, you said it, and, uh, and then I'm going to go right to Larry, man. But you said the most poignant point there is that we create our peace or we create our stress. There's, there, there, there are other stressors that come about that we have to deal with, that we have no control of. You know, that person who walks in front of you in front of the grocery store doesn't acknowledge you, doesn't say anything. That's stressful because you know in your mind you want to give them, a, you want to give them the business. But those other times that we create our stress, we have to think about that. Larry, you had something to say, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say that was profound. He spoke with such clarity. Um, and I, I think, you know, that, that was one of those aha moments for me, you know, when you, when you think something. Uh, multiple times, but somebody says it with a with a with a clarity, um, with an ultra clear uh, clarity to it. Um, it's just you know it kind of it, it punches you in the gut. So I just wanted I just wanted to commend the brother because that's just I felt that when he said that, um, understanding creating peace because I I I I've made a transition and I can understand the hand we play in creating our stress and I definitely understand now clearly the the hand we play in creating the peace and sometimes it's just you know sometimes just sitting at the house, you know watching the game and just saying you know what not today you know. Uh, it, I think I think it's just good for the. It feels good. It's good for the soul. It's good for the body. Um, you get real rest um, just being stationary. Sometimes, man, I think we all need to do that at times. But you, you, you have to be content with it. One of the other things, uh, brothers, is that mental toughness is something that happens or should happen post failure. Saying to yourself that we are going to fail. There will be times, and sometimes we are set up for failure. There's nothing we can do, but how we then handle that failure. Because sometimes for us, we become emotional. We become so ingrained in, oh my God, this happened to me and how I feel about this. Could I, could I have stepped back from this at some moment and said, there's a different road? The emotional part of failure is, is so big sometimes that we lose sight. It's interesting from a psychological perspective, and, and, and both of you are, you know, as athletes know, it's about arousal. You know, and it's interesting that I say that because you, you have low, moderate, and high arousal. At low and high moderate arousal, we do not perform well. At low arousal, we're just, we're just not interested. We're not going to give our best. At high arousal, we're attuned to everything that's going on so we cannot calm down. But what happens when we're at moderate arousal, we're in the game, but we still can see everything, even our, sometimes our blind spots. But when we, get in, when we get so emotional, that level of arousal becomes so great that we miss out. And that's when people take advantage of us. That's when we fail. So we have to understand when situations arise, not to be so emotional. To me, let yourself feel it a little bit. 
But mm-hmm. a part of that mental toughness is saying, you know what, I can't get too emotional about the situation because I may have to think through how to handle this so I don't erupt on you and then... <laughs> That bad thing that, you know, happens to brothers, you know, that we don't get a chance to come back from, you know. That one mistake could cost us that one day that you don't get to spend your quiet time in the morning. That one day that you didn't take time for yourself, whether it was reading or that one day, Larry, you don't go to the gym and somebody calls you wrong. The older you get, you realize that one day that one mistake can cost you everything. Yeah. Everything. You think about our young brothers who are out there who have made that one mistake. You know, think about 13th, man, and, and all of the policies that are geared toward putting us in that place. That one mistake and you are behind bars or you, you, you now have a police jacket that follows you for the rest of your life. One mistake. We don't get that opportunity to make multiple mistakes. We don't get that judge that says, you know what, we're going to give you six months in jail even though you sexually assaulted that young lady. We don't get that. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that sexual assault is right in any form. It's wrong. But we don't get a chance to make even small mistakes. So we have to be even more mentally tough. Monte, I know you got to go, man. I, I just want to say I thank you, you know, for your time. Just giving us, just dropping dimes on us, you know. Uh, if, if, yeah, exactly. We want to keep the sports, sports analogy, man. I, I just want you to know, just to give one last bit of knowledge to our listeners today. One last parting gift to them because you have just dropped us on us for the last 40 minutes, brother. I just want to say to all the young brothers out there, don't think that no road is easy. Don't think that the journey that you're on or the, even the successful path that you're on won't come with failures, setbacks. See, this is what people don't tell you when they talk about even faith walks. There are days that you're going to struggle. If people don't talk about the struggle. They only talk about, well, I started in the hood, then I made it to the top. But they don't tell you about all the setbacks that you have to have along the way. My word is, don't be discouraged by that. Use that to keep going where you're going. But before you go where you go, you got to know who you are as a man. You got to know who you are as a man. And you're a spirit, you live in a, a body, and you have a soul. If you lost, if I come to New Orleans today, and I say, look, Doc, uh, I'm lost. I'm trying to get to the office. What's the first thing you go ask me? Where are you? If I can't tell you where I am, you can't help me. So, brothers, look yourself in the mirror. I made some mistakes. I need to look at the people around me. You hang around where you're going. A wise man said you are some of the five people you hang around. Some of us grow up and we think back to our hoods and we be like, wow, they still there doing the same thing. You don't want that to be you. You've got to reach out to other people that you believe successful. You've got to do more reading. You don't like to read, then you need to get some tape. And you got to look at your fingers, your palm, because I promise you, if you go out and do a crime and they do fingerprint, no matter you. where you are in the world, they're going to pull up as you. you different. you unique. So there's something that God put you on this earth to do that nobody could do it the way that you do it. My thing is find out what it is and do it. 
And that, my friends, and of course, I got to say this because I'm in the city. We men, and we are here to protect and provide. Now, you got a lot of people out here these days that take the shortcuts and use those guns. But when I grew up, you had to use them fists. You had to, put, you had to work it out. You had to be in shape. Get in shape, man. <laughs> start, start working out. And there are a lot of benefits to, to that when it comes to mental health. It reduce stress. It activates that good those good feel-good chemicals, you get self-confidence, you know, it prevents cognitive decline, it alleviates anxiety, it boosts brain power. So if you ain't reading, go exercise. It's sharpening your memory. You're addicted to something, go start working out. It helps control addiction. If you got your mind right, and you got to work out at 5 o'clock in the morning, you start prioritizing what you need to do. So my first thing would be get your mind right, man. And just know where you are is not the end. Where you are is not the end. And if you're successful right now, don't be so uh, high-minded where you don't think that there's going to be some bumps in the road, man. That's why it's always good to stay home. Yeah. So that's my word for the day, man. Brother, we appreciate your time, man, and thank you, man. You, you've given us a revolution to think about and, and, and to enact, brother. So be safe, brother, and we'll talk soon. Thank you all for having me. All right. Take care. All right, Larry Irvin, this is your time now, brother. <laughs> this this is your time. We want to appreciate Monty Sanders for all of the all, all of the good words that he was able to drop on us today. Remember, Monty Sanders, MBS Labs in Baltimore, Maryland. This is the What's Your Revolution show. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. I'm here now with good man, good fellow, Larry Irvin, co-founder of Brothers Empowered to Teach, man. And we spent our last couple minutes just talking about, we talked about these pitfalls. We talked about these the characteristics of being mentally tough, balanced, patient. You said apathetic, but in, in the best form of that, you know, just clearing out all the white noise. I don't care. This is me. This is who I am. Yeah. And too often we, get, we, we do care. We, we do care about what people think about us, how we're seen. But to be mentally tough, we need to have that walk where this is who I am, and either you're with me or you're not. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't see how you can, you can, find, you can find solid footing um, in anything that you, 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 you approach, any endeavor you approach, by always trying to uh, appease the voices that are around you um, and the different people that are around you. Um, you know yourself better than anybody. You know what you want. Um, once you start playing that game and trying to dance uh, for, 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 for the outside noise, if you will, I think you start to compromise your, your own integrity. Um, and it's wasted energy. It's wasted time. It's wasted energy. And uh, you can never appease everybody. That's, that's one lesson that I was just, you know, that's, that's, that's vivid in my mind um, as of recent. You can't, you can't please everybody, so you might as well just put that energy towards pleasing yourself. Right. You have to wake up content with yourself. Um, every morning, I think. Every morning. Yeah. Every morning. Every morning I wake up and I, 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 I do that check. I do that mental check and I do that body check. Where am I? What, what is this day about? You know? And I, I ask myself the question, what's my revolution of the day? But as we continue this conversation, Larry, there are men listening out there who are failing. Their, their wives and partners are saying, baby, I need you. I, I need you. But they're not as mentally tough as they would like to be. How do we develop that mental toughness? 
that's a that's a great question. Um, how do you develop mental toughness? I don't know. Do you develop it, uh, or is it is it something that's predicated on experience? Um, I guess speaking from my vantage point, is I, I think it's been a culmination of experience. Um, just to give a just to give a a quick anecdote, if I can, if we have time. Go ahead, brother. You know, you 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 know personally some of the struggles that I had as far as public speaking, mm-hmm. um, coming into our fellowship, and I had a very traumatic experience uh, in a pitch competition, um, pitch Nola 2014. Um, you know, Christine and I went to pitch, and I was opening up, and uh, I got up there, and um, you know, started the pitch, and uh, I blacked out. You know, I, I I literally blacked out on stage. I forgot all of my lines. I did, I didn't. I mean, I damn near forgot my name. And you know, um, I remember after that pitch competition, uh, speaking with Christina and just crying like a baby because I just didn't know what to do. You know, what I mean, I thought this was something that I was, that was meant for me to do, and I just felt like that failure was was colossal to the point where it, 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 it was substantial to the point where it, meant, it, it was saying, you don't belong here, right? So, but I remember after that failure, I remember after that day, kind of gathering myself and just telling Christina, look, you know, um, this will never happen again. Cause I had a real, I had a, I had a real talk with myself. I looked myself in the mirror and was like, look, man, you've been, I kind of just laid out in black and white what I have been through, you know, losing a mother, uh, going to jail multiple times, um, Losing friends, finding my mother dead on Valentine's Day, these are things like my, that was my worst fear confirmed, and I just I, it put it put it in perspective for me. My experiences, I just had to really sit down and think about what I had been through, and I said to myself, why am I why why is this moment, uh, why does this moment weigh heavier than those moments? And when I put it on paper and I just looked at it, I, I literally just said, you know what, I'm not gonna care anymore because I'm strong. I'm strong enough. I'm built. I'm built through I'm an built experience. For, yeah, I'm built for this. I'm built through an experience that says this is nothing. Like this is nothing compared to what you to what you've been through. And when I had that when I had that manifestation, it was it was over for me. It was literally over. Larry, that's 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 an interesting point because I always think about the mind and the body have the ability to be stretched. And your mind and body had been stretched already through those tumultuous situations that you just talked about. But what you had to do was go back and say, I've been through this. This is nothing. This, this is nothing. Right. Standing, up in, standing up in front of people and pitching my business that I care right. about, that I'm passionate about, that's revolutionary in nature, is nothing compared to everything else that I have been through. Yeah. That's a part of mental toughness, man. It, it, it's interesting for me because I love to jump out of planes. It, it, it's funny, right? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> right. I mean, compared look, compared to what you just said, like yeah, yeah Charles, right. you, are, uh, you know. Um, right. But for me, whenever I whenever I get scared, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, dude, you jump out of planes. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I'm like, you know, and when I get up in the air and I'm fine, you know. I just go, and I'm like, you could die, right? <laughs> right? At any moment, the shoot, the shoot does not open. Something, something could happen, and you could die. But you're still up here, right? You know, right? That definitely takes something. But that, but I have to remind myself sometimes that. So, part of developing mental toughness is pushing past where your mind says that you stop. Right. 
You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Where you stop because the, the the mind is a very interesting thing. And if you bear with me, you know, I'm gonna become a psychologist for a second. Right. So the the mind will tell you that it can't. The mind, the, the mind and the brain, the amygdala talks about fear. It's, the, it's, it's a part of the brain that deals with fear. And, that, that fe- and it says arousal, as we've talked about, fear, flight or flight. So the brain will say, you know what, I, I, I'm done with this set. I can't go any further. I'm tired, right? Or I'm, I'm too afraid to do this. So I, I, the mind says, you know what, you're good. We're going to be safe. But what happens is that every time that you push past that fear, every time that you push past that next set, the brain says, you know what, I can do a little bit more. I can do a little bit more. Too often we don't have that mental conversation with ourselves to override that, yeah. that, 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 um, that I want to say machinery, but that circuitry yeah. that says you can go further. Part of being mentally tough is saying, you know what, I hear you, but I'm just not going to listen to this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not going to listen to this. So what else can we do other than having that narrative in our mind to developmental toughness? You talked about having experiences. What are some of those other experiences then that we need to put ourselves in front of to build our mental toughness? You got to be stretched. You got to be willing to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, and put yourself in an uncomfortable space. Um, that's something that I suggest that I just saw. I mean, I, if if you if you're always comfortable, if you uh, wise man always told me around my neighborhood, you know, if you're the smartest one, if you're smartest one, you're clear, you're in the wrong spot. Right. You know, and it just makes so much sense. You know, stretch yourselves. Uh, if you want to become mentally tough, um, attack your fears relentlessly. Whatever it is that you fear, um, a lot of public speaking for me. Um, I, I I just decided to to attack it. You know, I signed once I signed up for Toastmasters the next day. Right. You know, um, looking for public communication um, firms the next day, you know, because I just I was determined that, you know, um, this is not going to define me. I won't be painted by this, you know, with a wire brush by this this isolated experience. Um, and not to brag too much, but I, I, I mean, in fruition, I turned, we turned around and won it the next year. Right. You know, grand prize, first first place. And uh, in my opinion, it was a landslide, you know, because <laughs> I just I had carried that chip. Uh, that, that that chip of failure, you know, I'm a competitor. I don't believe in moral victories. I come from an athletic background. I'm looking at the scoreboard at the end of the day. Um, so, and the scoreboard said we lost, you know what I mean? And I wanted to say we win. So I, I did that preparation over over a year's time, preparing myself to go back to the scene, to, to go back to the exact scene of the crime, Tulane University, that exact stage, and take that trophy home, man, and redeem myself. Um, and I just was, I, 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 I attacked it with everything I had. So if my listeners are hearing that, he failed, and he told you that he blacked out, couldn't remember his name, right? Is that what you say? Literally. Could, literally couldn't remember his name, and said the next day, these are the strategies that I have to do because I'm going back. You, have, you cannot be afraid to go back to the scene of your failure. To be mentally tough says that I need to find the strategies, I need to find the tools, and I need to find the people who will allow me to succeed. And that's what you did, Larry Irvin. You found all of those tools, and then you went back, and then you killed it. Is that what you're saying? I did. <laughs> <laughs> you killed it. I did. One right. Right. But tell the tell the listeners what happened when you won. How did it feel, and what did you get from winning? If I can, if I can articulate that, I'll, I'll try it, y'all. Doc, I, I will. 
what happened when I won? Um, Invincible, it comes to mind. That that's a term that comes to mind. Um, um, redeemed, obviously, um, but just greater confidence, um, greater toughness. You know what I mean? Like I said, I was alluded to earlier. Once you you're challenged, you see adversity, and you you defeat it through mental toughness. Um, I think each win is a brick stack. You know what I mean? So it becomes you become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So you, if you continue to push yourself and put yourself in uncomfortable situations and revisit those situations and succeed, those external those external victories are going to turn internally into, into greatness. Brother, I'm just, it's good to hear your story. You know, I, I, think, that, you, I think that that is what our listeners want to hear. They want to hear stories of real people doing good things after they fail. And that's what we heard in our stories today, that we as black men will experience failure. We as men, we as people will experience failure. But what happened in those moments afterwards, what we do, we cannot wallow as people. We cannot wallow in these times when we see the policies and programs and practices that have been put in place prior to what's going on right now. We cannot see this failure as the end. We have to be mentally tough. Absolutely. We have to be mentally tough. You've been tuned in to What's a Revolution on WBOK 1230 AM. Again, I want to thank Monty Sanders of MBS Fitness Labs in Baltimore, Maryland. You can learn more about Monty's work at mbsfitnesslabs.com. I also want to thank my good friend, Larry Irvin. And Monty, you are a new friend now, brother, and I look forward to more opportunities to work with you. But to spend this time with my good friend, Larry Irvin, who has been vulnerable. And that's the word that has come up, that has come up every week, the ability to be vulnerable. Larry can be found at Brothers Empowered to Teach. If you are a black man who wants to go into education, you need to find Larry Irvin and Christina Jones. Larry, go ahead and give a shout out to your organization, brother. Brothers Empowered to Teach, uh, we've been around since 2014. We look to inspire and incentivize men of color uh, and undergraduate programs to become teachers. Uh, also, uh, men who are mid-level uh, career professionals, uh, men of color, obviously, who look to become, um, maybe, maybe make a, a change in careers and, and want to become teachers and have an impact in the classroom or in some capacity in the education arena. Um, we're having a, a huge fundraiser, our annual fundraiser, to Ed with Love on March 9th at Felicity Church. Um, you can find tickets at Eventbrite, uh, or Brothers Empowered to Teach, to Ed with Love 17. Um, but we're doing great work. Uh, we're growing rapidly. And um, we love, we, you know, we need to see, we need more representation um, of brothers in these classrooms and in education, man. This voice needs to be heard. Brother, I appreciate you. Thank you, Charles. No, thank you, brother. This has been What's Your Revolution, which is sponsored by the W.K. Kellogg, Kellogg Foundation. I want to thank them for all their great support. Each week, we ask the question, what's your revolution? Take care. Take care. Oh. Oh,